Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, all you creators out there. This is Dusty, the host of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Hope all of you are having a fantastic week and a fantastic day. I'm going to have a very brief opening of this show because we have a fantastic interview that ran just slightly long because there is so much value packed into it. I do want to let you guys know that this show, as always, is brought to you by the guys over at TubeBuddy. If you're looking for a tool to help you improve your YouTube workflow, make your YouTube life just easier in general, and have has features such as automatic upload to Facebook, bulk editing tools and features, and much, much more. Go on over to TubeBuddy. The links will be in the show notes. Really appreciate those guys and what they're doing over there. New features being released each and every week. And if you're looking for something to help you on your YouTube journey to make it just a little bit easier and streamlined, TubeBuddy is definitely the tool for you. So again, you're listening to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. If you didn't know, I would like to let you guys know if you would go on over to iTunes, leave us a nice positive five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show, or if you don't like the show, leave us some comments there as well. Let us know what we can be doing differently. The show is growing rapidly. Got an email from iTunes saying that we reached the top 100 in the business category last week. So I'm so excited for the substantial growth of the show. Look forward to taking it forward. This is indeed episode 25. So we are a quarter of the way to episode 100. Uh, I'm already planning, even though that's years away, I'm planning what I'm going to do for that special significant episode. So without further ado, any more rambling from me, we've got a great interview with Miss Daisy from Daisy Joe Reviews and other YouTube channels. She's doing some great stuff on the internet. So check her out and listen to this fantastic interview and I will see you guys on the other side. I am so excited today to be joined by Miss Daisy Pollard Sepulveda. She is a model, international beauty queen, and a businesswoman. She has three, yes, not one, not two, but three YouTube channels. They're called Daisy Joe Reviews, Daisy Joe Vlogs, and a channel that showcases her professional work, The Daisy Joe. Daisy, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Doing fantastic. I had to uh, to catch myself there. There was a lot of daisies in that intro. Fantastic. <laughs> so maybe if you would, for our audience, Daisy, will you let us know a little bit about you and your YouTube channels? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I started in um, modeling in pageants, like I guess 20, well, modeling 20 years ago. I was an agency model in New York and Miami and Europe. And then I, about 12 years ago, I got into the pageant um, industry, which are very different from modeling than, um, than most people don't think it's like one and the same. And I represented Jamaica all over the world and China, Japan, um, the Philippines and Malaysia and won a couple of really big titles, worked with a lot of sponsors and um, worked with a lot of charities as well. And that was in the early days, so I think 2004, 2005, that was around the age of MySpace. And I like to make a joke about mini DV cameras, if you know, if you know what those are. <laughs> and um, I was actually, one of my businesses then was I, I had a talent-driven media company, which did not really exist at the time, but in my mind it did. So I would make videos um, with my mini DV and I like from little commercials and stuff like that and bios of the of the other models that I worked with and and um, I would post them to, to MySpace. So I had a huge following on MySpace and um, 
And then it just was really hard to monetize it with advertisers because there was there was not this idea that um, models were in business and that uh, you could create your own content and then sell it or monetize it. So I was doing everything by manually, like with our websites, um, posting videos, trying to post videos to our websites and uploading them directly to the website. That and and I had someone managing that, and it was very tedious and stuff like that. But it was a good experience, um, all the same. And I think that segues perfectly into my next question, and that is, how did you get started with YouTube? I mean, you're creating this content, you're traveling all over the world, you're doing all of this cool stuff, but when did it kind of click with you that, hey, I'm going to go over to this site called YouTube and upload some videos? So it had been working in the entertainment industry in L.A. When YouTube started, a lot of people were very hesitant because it's not conventional um, television, it's not conventional uh, television and film and so it was uh, not like favored upon it was not looked at as like the next the next thing and that it was something that was respectable for um, a performer talent or model to do but around 2009 I, I had this idea that I wanted to get out and in another and to do it any other way was going to be very very costly and I didn't have the money to do that it was it would have cost uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to produce and Somebody, everybody was saying, no, don't go to YouTube, but somebody was willing to experiment with it. A producer was willing to work with me and do some videos as long as I kind of came up with a plan. And at that time, Brightcove was on the horizon and I called Brightcove and this sounds so silly now, but I've always been very uh, assertive. And so I actually called them and was like, hey, I want to do work with you guys. I want to do this project. And um, I think I need this kind of account and this is what I want to do. And I know you guys have distributors that are plugged in. So like, how can I work with you guys? And then I came up with the idea of reselling the platform to other content creators that were just getting into YouTube, but not knowing how to monetize. And I realized that the distributors that were on the Brightco platform also had like a network. So I contacted Trimmer Media, which was owned at the time by Procter & Gamble. And it was like a pre-roll advertising company. And I was like, hey, I'm creating this beauty and fashion content. And I would love to work with you guys. I'd like talk the guy into it, like till, that was, till he was blue in the face, probably. He sent me an agreement. Um, and for pre-roll, mid-roll, and um, post-roll, like on that, I don't even know if anyone remembers, like the post-roll, which was like at the end of the videos, like that never worked, but <laughs> um, he sent me an agreement, and I went on to produce these, I guess, like 9 to 15 videos, and put the advertise, put the advertising on it, and upload it to Brightcove, and tag it, and everything, and it would also distribute to YouTube, and um, I did that for a while. And it worked out really well. And I was like, well, you know, everybody, when the masses are saying something, you shouldn't do something because it doesn't seem popular or cool. But then you do it and you're kind of like an outlier over here doing your own thing, a weirdo. Um, but it really, it worked well for me. And that was my, so that was my first um, stab at YouTube. And then I still had like a lot of other ideas. I was working with um the Meningitis Foundation of America for a little while. That's when I came up with Daisy Joe Reviews. And I came up with another channel um, for meningitis called Meningitis News. And I was like, you know, this is what, this is like 2012 now. And I said, this is exactly what I wanted, what I was attempting to do in 2005. 
but now the resources are available. They're a lot easier to use. And I think this is the direction I want to go into again at a different time, you know, at a time when there's more tools available. So you're a content creating machine is, is what I'm, is what I'm hearing from you right now. You know, I've looked at your three channels. You have great video quality, great audio quality. You can tell you've been in the space for a while. And just from that story right there, you know, it lets me know that you're persistent and for me as a creator, that is something that people sometimes forget. And I think, Daisy, you can kind of attest to this. You have to be persistent in this business. If you're looking to create content, if you're looking to do this full-time or even part-time and have a successful YouTube channel or a successful podcast or blog or whatever it may be, persistence is key to getting the doors, the doors knocked down and getting into to places where you may not have thought you ever could go. And that's what's so amazing about YouTube and pod, podcasting and content creation is that sometimes you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I didn't realize that by creating this content consistently and by being persistent, I was going to be able to be here. So it's such a neat story from you that before the days of even you know mainstream advertisement on YouTube, you reached out to these people and and you know they bought into what you were doing. And it lets people know the power of video, even as early as 09 and 2010 when you were doing all of this. Now let's segue into your business. And where does YouTube fall in for your business? And how do you plan on monetizing your content? Okay, so I have a really interesting perspective on monetization um, on, across the board. Whenever I do something or I come up with a new concept or a new project, a new idea, I get my validation from how easy it is to monetize immediately. Immediately meaning that I don't wait till it's perfect. I wait, I just do it. I do some kind of like consolidated version of it and then I try to monetize it. And sometimes I monetize my content or an idea before I even put it on a platform. And so how I do that is that I'm not really finicky about how I monetize it. I just have to know that there is some kind of audience out there that is interested in it or that will pay for it. And I will do that through a number of ways. Um, I sell advertising. I work with a lot of networks, so like an influencer, tap influence. Um, I work with a lot of those networks to get sponsors to sponsor my content. So uh, through like influencer, I've worked with L'Oreal. I've worked with Alay Henriksen. Um, I sell a lot of my advertising on my blog and also my um, placement in my YouTube videos like Daisy Joe reviews directly to the product company. So I have a salesperson, which I'll get into, um, that works with me on that. Um, and so I find, I, I really do find a way first and it's, it's very difficult for me to come up with an idea, do it, and then be lost in how I'm going to monetize it. Um, I think it's very demoralizing and it, that's what, that's what makes you quit is when you put so much of your hard work into it and your passion, and then you have this product and then you find out that nobody wants to buy it. Um, so I create content like all day. I've got a couple of e-commerce sites. Um, I do Amazon affiliates, which works into my blog and into my YouTube channel. So I monetize through that. That is a long tail game. It's not something that you see a, a result from right away, um, because you have to build, um, through that network, but building it, it definitely is, is a good strategy. Like you don't, I don't think you, you definitely have to have a multiple, a monetization strategy. You cannot just do one thing and think that's going to work for every video, um, every week, every day. Some of my very rarely do any of my videos on YouTube not have some kind of monetization attached to it. And that may just be because I just feel very passionate about what I'm doing and I just wanted to get it out there. I just wanted to say it. And then 
be on their, be, let it be on its way. Um, so ad networks is a, is a big one. Um, affiliate networks are really big. I do do direct sales, um, product placement in the videos. And, um, sometimes it's just like a, uh, what do you call it? Um, like a product, like if it's one of my own products that I'll put in the video. Um, I only wear my own clothes from my own boutiques in my videos. Um, I don't hard sell anything in the video. So I'm never like, Hey, buy this now. Um, or I'm wearing this, go to my store. Um, it's just, it just has to happen very organically in the content. Having a business plan for your YouTube channel is important if that's what your goal is, if that's what you're wanting to do. People ask me all the time, and I see comments on people's videos all the time asking about, you know, why should this person get paid? All they're doing is making videos, you know, it's a fun job or whatever it is. People don't understand the time and commitment and effort it takes to produce quality content on a consistent basis. And it's so important that, you know, there's two different types of YouTube channels, right? It's either those who have a business plan and want to make this a full-time job, a full-time living, and it's part of their business, or it's just somebody doing it for a hobby. And there's nothing wrong with that as well, because again, the passion will come through either Either way. But, you know, as Daisy said, you know, if you're doing something, if you have a video and companies are approaching you, you need to have a plan laid out for that video. How do you plan on monetizing that? How do you plan on capturing the email addresses of the people who are coming to watch your videos? So again, people ask me sometimes, why do you ask that question about monetization in business uh, on your YouTube podcast? Because there's a lot of people out there wanting to know, how can I monetize that comment? Uh, my comment, I'm sorry. How can I monetize that content? Let me ask you this, Daisy. You mentioned something there that really uh, made me take notice. Talking about affiliate networks and Amazon affiliate program, you said it's a long tail uh, thing that you're doing as far as like sometimes you may have to wait a little while to see any traction with the affiliate networks. Can you maybe expound upon that a little bit and tell our audience what it takes to build a successful affiliate marketing uh, campaign with your YouTube channel? Yes. So there's two types of affiliates. There are the clickbaity affiliates, which um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of where you buy ads somewhere and you drive traffic to it. And, and normally, normally the offer is kind of scammy. Um, and then there are legitimate um, affiliates, which are white, white, white label, you know, they're like, uh, they're, they're, what would they call it? White hats, right? They're legit. They're legit offers there. You get the traffic organically. Um, you actually are, are not tricking, you know, clickbaiting your audience into, into clicking on a link, making, thinking, making them think it's going to be something else. And, um, and then they're buying something that they really want or they really need. So what, mainly with um, like my Daisy Joe Reviews channel, I work with uh, um, Amazon, um, Sarah Shell, Sarah, share a sale. I'm uh, sorry about that. And I'm in Sephora's affiliate program and um, Ulta affiliate program because they're my a lot of my content is beauty based, and and so basically when you're talking about the product or you're doing unboxings or reviews uh, on your video and a lot of times the viewer wants to know where they can get that product from and by providing the link the affiliate link below you are taking you are getting a small amount of that sale you're not taking anything extra from the viewer by them clicking on the link. You are helping them find the product and you are getting a piece of that sale that's coming from the retailer's end. So a lot of times viewers feel like if they're not familiar with affiliates, they feel like they've been tricked into 
clicking something because they're going because the content creator is going to make money from it and that's not the case it's it's honestly like a amazon is 6% of the sale that's not a lot on small on small pricing um small pricing products so if something is under 20 bucks that's not a lot of money you know it's it's pennies that add up over time um it's only when it's like a large um ticket item that the that the content creator is making more money um, from it. But again, that has to add up and it has to be consistent. So in all my vi- on all my videos in the description section, I've got affiliate links to Amazon to the product that I'm talking about. Um, I've got a link to even the products that I'm wearing, the makeup products that I'm wearing, um, or to or the affiliate links to Sephora or Ulta. And, and that just gives the viewer the option it just directly points them to where that product is um so that they it it actually helps me a lot too because they don't have to email me or leave a comment on my video and ask me what where did i get it um, because it's automatically there so it saves me on having to uh, do a lot of emailing or responding to comments unnecessary comments um and i make some money along the way and um and as that that traffic builds and as more people click the link and buy the product, then my revenue grows um, within like, for, for example, the Amazon Associate Network, which I think is probably the easiest one to get started on because it's super easy to understand. Everything is there for you on a little bar, a toolbar that goes across your browser um, inside the window of, of, Philly, of Amazon.com. And it's really easy to read your traffic and your revenue sources from Amazon, which products are working and which products are not working. So I think it's the best one for someone that's just getting started. And because it's such a big um, e-commerce site, it, there's product for every kind of content creator. It's not just for beauty and fashion stuff like I do. Um, pretty much if you're a gamer, I'm sure there's stuff on Amazon that you can sell and offer to your audience as well. Um, so I think that that's one of the easiest ones to get started on. Yeah, my philosophy on affiliate networking and association with YouTube is basically as long as the links are associated or relevant to the video or the content that you're creating, it's basically just a helping hand and to the audience to get them to the product that they're wanting to probably look at in in the beginning of you know to start with. So if that's the case, then you're helping them get there, and then they're not going to mind giving you a little kickback for that. You know, that's not going to affect them in any way. That's just going to get them to the product. And then what I always tell people with YouTube channels, like for me on my technology channel, I have links, Amazon links in my description, letting people know, because they ask me all the time, what equipment are you using to shoot your videos? So there's nothing wrong with me letting them know in the description, here's the camera I use, here's the microphone I use. And it lets people know, hey, I want to shoot videos like this guy, and I'm going to click on this link to get the products that he's using. So there's nothing wrong with that. And the Amazon affiliate program is, like Daisy said, extremely extremely simple to set up. Now, Daisy, let's move on to something else. Let's talk about this. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first were starting out on YouTube? Don't listen to anyone else. Um, I think I think a lot of people don't get started because they're scared. They Being accepted is really important to 
human nature to people in general. And so when you're doing something that doesn't kind of fit with your, with your social group, um, it's very difficult to stick to stick to it. And coming from um, an entertainment perspective, where I worked in a very conventional um, entertainment industry, where everything goes through studios or goes through casting and uh, producers, directors, or agents, and me, like as talent, like creating my own ecosystem of e-commerce and content, was very unusual, and nobody wanted to hear it. They were just like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, and I, that is when you're by yourself. That is very hard to stay. It's very hard to stick to. So I, I make this joke where I say, "Don't listen to anybody else. Just do it." Um, but I, I want to caveat that with make sure you know. Make sure you are careful about what you're doing. Make sure that you are are being objective about your ideas and that they, that they're sound, um, look for inspiration in other people that you watch. It's, there's nothing wrong with shadowing someone else. I, when I started Daisy Joy Reviews, I actually shadowed another YouTuber that I was following. She also had a blog and I modeled my blog after her in the beginning. I did similar products to what she was doing in the beginning. And I wasn't worried about copying her because I'm my own person and I have my own voice. And I knew that the, the that what I was saying wasn't going to come out exactly the same. We're two very different people. We look different. We speak different. Um, we're even in two different parts of the world. But it did help me uh, create a plan and also uh, come up with ideas. It helped me like get started. It was almost like you know like an incubation um, opportunity because she and without knowing it was incubating me, teaching me about how to do this, how to get into YouTube and how to create content and come up with ideas. And so just as YouTube is a platform to express yourself, it is also a platform to learn and to get training, to get ideas. It is an endless, endless sea of ideas. And you can take two or three ideas and put it into your own concept and come up with your own channel and, and never worry about copying someone else because it will not, the, the end product will not be the same. So I think that's the most, but my biggest point, my biggest passion about getting people started on YouTube or with whatever it is they want to do really is don't worry about copying someone else. Don't worry about trying to be different. Just be you and learn from other people that are doing something similar to you. Yeah, your your voice will make you different. That's the thing people don't understand is that, you know, you have a story to tell. And that's what I always tell people. And people probably get sick of hearing this on this podcast and my other podcasts. But one of the greatest things I get to do every day is interview people like yourself, Daisy, and other people on my podcast and understand that people are all different. We all are unique. We all have unique stories that, that need to get out. And if you can produce content, you're going to be different because of who you are. People have to understand that. And people are, you know, some people are going to like you. Other people are going to be really mean in the YouTube comments, but you just have to understand that's going to happen. But if you have a voice and you want to create content and you're passionate about something, find someone who's doing it really well, see what they're doing right, and go ahead and mimic that. There's nothing wrong with copying somebody doing it right. It's not like you're copying their content. You're just copying their procedures and what they're doing to make their, their stuff or their channel successful. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. So speaking of doing things the right way, Daisy, are there any YouTube tools, whether it be hardware, software, internet resource, that you could recommend to our audience that you just could not live without? 
Yes, I'm going to give a big plug here because I learned this from you, actually. TubeBuddy is like the best thing ever. Um, I did not know about it before I started listening to your podcast. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to check this out. And I immediately, I put it on one of my channels and Daisy Joe Reviews, actually, and we did, I did an audit, a channel audit. I redid all of my thumbnails and a lot of my, the titles and definitely descriptions and the tags. Um, and that was that was a big tool. Um, I, I think it's called Outro Maker. It, it helps you make um, outros. So you know, you see the the colorful screen. You can make a colorful screen or a branded screen um, a screener at the end, and put in like see your next video or subscribe and or watch this video. And that's really been helpful. Um, I'm just starting to play with it. I haven't put it up yet. I've been playing with it. And uh, I Google uh, Google AdWords. They have a keyword tool that really helps a lot. Um, I was using, I think it's called Keyword Tool um, for YouTube. It's a site. But now that I've got TubeBuddy, I'm just using that. And I use Canva a lot. I don't know if you know about Canva, but Canva is basically like an online um, graphic creating uh, platform where you, and it's mainly free, you can um, create like um, your thumbnails. So all my thumbnails are made on Canva. And um, those are my main tools. I mean, it got really, really simple. It used to be, um, I use Final Cut Pro, by the way. Um, I have, I'm, I'm Mac-based, and, and I really like it. I learned using Final Cut Pro through watching other YouTubers. Actually, I, I did not know how to use it. I use Photoshop, which I learned how to use Photoshop many, many years ago. So this goes to, this speaks to my tenacity about learning tools and doing my own thing. When I was an agency model, uh, this is in, this is going back in the 90s, you had to get your photos retouched physically, meaning somebody actually physically airbrushed your photos and then they made a copy of it, a photocopy of it so that it looked natural. That's how it used to be done in the, in the magazines. So there was a few people in New York City that were exceptionally good at this and they made a whole career of it. And one woman that I would go to, it was like 20 to 35 or 40 dollars per print. So at that time, agency portfolios were 9 by 12 size, and then you had to take that 9 by 12 and get it retouched and then make a duplicate. So one image could cost $100 or more by the time you were done with it and putting it into your portfolio. And maybe the life cycle of that one image was three to six months because you constantly have to update your book. Well, then Photoshop became something of a commercial use. And my boyfriend at the time, uh, got me a, a bootleg copy of Photoshop and sorry to say that on your show um, and and bought me one of the old school Photoshop uh, Photoshop Bibles and I literally sat in front of my computer and taught myself Photoshop um, and retouching and that way I did not have to go and spend an obscene amount of money on all of my prints and then after that I bought myself a large format printer um, HP and Canon did these large form, they still do them, these large format printers. So I started printing my own 9 by 12 images and, and putting them in my portfolio. So I cut down on costs. You know, I, I in, invested in capital expenses and cut down on my operational costs as a model. We have that. So I was able to save myself a lot of money on a monthly basis in photo, you know, photo shoots and retouching and, and printing. Um, so I'm pretty prof proficient in uh, Photoshop. 
And so I, I do a lot of my own, re- I do most of my own retouching and, um, and that helps a lot, like knowing how to do that and how to create your own graphics and, and, and as far as beauty and fashion is concerned, making everything look great is super important. Love that question. And that was one of the better answers to that question I've ever had on this show. I really enjoy uh, when people answer those questions because I'm, I'm over here on my iPad, like jotting down the, the different tools that they use. But uh, I promise you, I did not pay Daisy to say anything about TubeBuddy. They are a sponsor of the show. As you guys know, uh, I promote them because I know Phil, the CEO over there. He and I are actually uh, in works right now. We're, we're producing another podcast called TubeBuddy Express. It's going to be all about YouTube news, all about how to use TubeBuddy. So it's a perfect time to talk about that right now. Uh, TubeBuddy, again, like Daisy said, I really don't want to say any more about it because I don't want to sound like uh, very salesy or anything, but if you're looking for a tool, uh, you can download the, the browser plugin uh, for TubeBuddy. And as Daisy said, it'll help you with keywords. It'll help you with your intros, your outros, your thumbnails. There's so many tools that it provides. Just go check it out. I'm not going to say any more about that. All of the other tools that she just mentioned, um, I highly recommend Canva. It's a free photo editing tool online you can use. Uh, they've got templates for YouTube thumbnails. They've got templates for other social media outlets as well. So Canva, I highly recommend them. uh, And I definitely use all of the Adobe suite software. I've said that before. Uh, I subscribe to the Creative Cloud and and that's kind of what I use. That's the the, the space that I'm in when I'm creating my content. Now let's talk about the future of your YouTube content, Daisy. I'm not even going to say your YouTube channel because you've got multiple channels. Uh, The one you're focusing more on is the uh, Daisy Reviews channel. Um, Let's talk about that for one second before we close out here. What's next for you in creating YouTube content and your YouTube channels? Wow. Um, so I've got, like you said, I'm a content creating machine. I have like tons of ideas I want to try and test. And, um, I decided that I really want to expand into something like an MCN. Um, I like to help other people create content. Uh, so recently I've opened up my studio to help other content creators, uh, create videos or get them started with uh, with YouTube. So that is, that is like one of my projects right now. Um, I've co-produced a couple of, um, series for other content creators that I've also, um, acted in them or hosted them as well. And I, I really believe in the MCN model. I think it's really great. I have not joined one. I've been approached by a lot of them and I figured, well, I'm doing all my sales myself and, I, I really like I really like having control over how I sell my content, um, and I really see like Daisy Joe reviews as more of a consumer reporting channel for beauty and fashion products than actually a review site. Now I feel like it's gotten I've I've reached my my ceiling as far as. Um, just general reviews of products and maybe I've also gotten a little bored of it so I want to kind of I figured like another direction is being more of a consumer reporting um, site so our the site side of it I get I think like um, semi quarterly we're gonna make a, a report like a consumer report like e-magazine or something um, with all the beauty products that we've tried and tested um, I'll continue doing like weekly or um, or multiple videos a week on Daisy Joe reviews. I just think that the feel of it is going to be a little bit different. And so I'm pretty busy. And I, like I said, I like doing this um, on a regular basis. I want to um, create some YouTube channels for my e-commerce sites, um, especially the fashion stores, because I think it's, it's something that is necessary. 
Um, so just finding the time to do that and creating a schedule and things like that is, those are like my six to 12 month plans. And it sounds like a lot to fit into six and 12 months. I love it. No, you've got so much going on. I think you're, you're in, you're in your sweet spot. You're doing what you love and you're doing it well. And on the flip side of that, as far as the future of your content, where do you see YouTube going in the future? You know, one, two, three, five years down the road, how is YouTube going to look? And what do you see for the platform? Um, I think it's a, we're in a very, very interesting time right now with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu um, being the uh, the paid paid um, platforms and and YouTube trying to get into that platform. Um, I think there is room in the type of content that is on YouTube. The type of content that's on these other platforms is very different. And I've actually had a debate with my boyfriend about this. We have quite a, we've had a few debates about this because I think this is where being in the entertainment industry really helps me understand that none of these none of these platforms are producing the same type of content and it's just like when you had HBO Cinemax Showtime they the they were movie channels but they were very different and they didn't have the interest or the capabilities of producing the same type of content or at the same level so i think youtube will always be a platform for um, content, short form content. Um, I think the live streaming is going to do really well. I'm watching the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention um, on YouTube Live was is really mind blowing because I just was like, oh, I want to watch the speech, and you know, popped open YouTube and you know, put it in the search, and it was like super easy to watch, and it was really good. Um, you can't do that with Periscope, um, and you can't do that with Facebook Live. You can only get snippets of it. So seeing the the whole thing in full form was uh, was really um, really a great experience. So I think their live platform will do well um, with longer form content, which is very interesting, or longer form events. But I think that um, the basis of it will be short form content on YouTube, and it'll be for independent content creators. Um, none of the other um, platforms are going to be as good at that because they've got so many requirements to distribute on the platform that the barrier to entry is really, there is a barrier to entry. That is the new barrier to entry is that you have so many requirements to distribute through or to get a Netflix deal or distribute through Amazon or an hour to get a Hulu deal. Um, and there's always going to be a, a market for independent content creators that don't want to go through that or can't go through it or can't afford to go through the production um, requirements that these other platforms are asking for. There, there will always be independent content creators that just want to go straight to market. That, that will always be there. So I think that's where, where YouTube is going. That might be a little bit of a more in-depth analysis than, um, than most people have about YouTube. Um, it's either normally the answer is either paid or non-paid, but um, that's my perspective of it. I completely agree with everything you said there. I definitely think that it's going to be a weird time in the next two to five years as far as like where does mainstream media and YouTube meet? Are they meeting in the middle? Uh, I know my wife and I were watching a show last night uh, on Netflix, the, uh, the the Full House remake, Fuller House, and that it just made me think that you know content like that 
you know, where you're getting mainstream actors to come and you're paying them big money to be a part of a show that is exclusively on a platform like Netflix. I think we're going to see more of that on YouTube. And I definitely think what you said about live streaming, that's only going to get bigger. Um, the more tech and things like that that YouTube puts into it, the more resources. I know I've talked to my YouTube reps uh, over at Google and they're telling me that they're rolling out the mobile uh, live recording software like Periscope for the, the mobile YouTube app. So there's going to be so much in the live recording space, and I definitely think that's going to be a big space for YouTube and other video platforms as well. And I tell people this all the time. As soon as Facebook opens up, and I, I do believe they'll do this. People tell me all the time they don't think they will, but I do believe that Facebook will eventually open up the monetization gates uh, on their videos and allow people to monetize the videos they're uploading to Facebook. And as soon as they do that, we're going to see a race to the finish line because obviously that's one of the benefits for creators on YouTube is being able to monetize their content and to be able to get some ad revenue, although it is extremely small, getting a little bit of the pie is better than getting none of the pie. And I do think that Facebook will indeed open that up. So I'm not going to talk on that. I could talk for another hour and a half so on the future of YouTube <laughs> and, and video content and things like that. So maybe I can save that for another show. We can have Daisy on uh, at a later date and talk to her about that. But in closing, we're running a little over here on the interview. So briefly, Daisy, can you tell our audience where they can connect with you online? Yes. Um, so I am on YouTube, obviously, and um, one of my channels is Daisy Joe Reviews. It's D-A-I-S-I-J-O and then Reviews. Um, and my website is daisypollard.com. Um, and uh, I've got a lot of sites. So if you just put in my name in, in Google, and you'll, you'll find me. And I've got a lot of content on YouTube. So you put in my name in, in YouTube, you'll find me as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just D-A-I-S-I and then Pollard, P-O-L-L-A-R-D, Sepulveda, which people are not familiar with on the East Coast. It's S-E-P-U-L-V-E-D-A. And, um, and yeah, and that's how you can reach me. Daisy, you have been a fantastic guest. I, I wish we could stay on longer, uh, but I do want to keep the show uh, to a kind of a, a, a set time each and every week. But you've had so much value. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, and thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.